Hey guys, today I have a special guest, Dano the Artist. He's a Twitch streamer, artist, musician, and he's going to school in the fall to be an audio engineer. We had a really great conversation and he's a super nice dude. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everybody back to Not Rich Just Bored, episode number 44. You got a nice even number there. I'm joined today by Dano the Artist. Hello. Uh, do you want to yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to kind of just tell the people what you do? What you Yeah, yeah. So uh as the name implies, we do a little art. Um I, I would say I do a little bit of uh like everything, I guess. So uh I do art, I do music. Um, I do video work. I used to do some short film work. Uh, and now I am in the process of streaming, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, in the future, in the spring, I'm actually going to be going to school for audio engineering. So I'll be a professional in at least one of the fields. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I kind of just do whatever creative things I can feasibly make myself do. Um, I'm just a creative <laughs> that's that's awesome and yeah i heard you're going to school um and like you don't need to dox yourself tell us where you're going but you're taking no <laughs> but you're taking uh, uh yeah so I'm, I'm going to a recording arts institute uh for audio engineering so i'm actually i'm, I'm super excited because i will be working in like a professional studio with like local uh, musicians and stuff around the area of the city that I'll be partaking in. And um, yeah, not only working on music stuff, but also working with other people at that same school who are working on uh, their short films. Cause it's also, uh, there's like a, sh a film class and a 3D art class, as well as a uh, video game like design class so basically we get to do a lot of the audio stuff for them as well which is super cool so um yeah i'll be i'll be working with artists and uh other you know different creative types and maybe getting some inspiration as well on the side of actual experience i'm very excited because i was not a big fan of school um i did not like school and i never thought i was gonna go to school and now i'm back so it's pretty awesome yeah, it's one of it's one of those things where if you, I, this is exactly how I am, and some people think it's a symptom of um, ADHD, which it could be. I don't know. It could be. Never yeah. been officially diagnosed, <laughs> but they said like if you, I'm the type of guy where if I don't like what I'm learning, I I just don't learn. I just don't pay attention. Yeah. Like history, I found interesting, so I did really well. But then right. something like math, fuck math. <laughs> so yeah, I, no, I, that's fair. Yeah, I had like no no passion for it or anything. So I'd just be like, well, it, it was the same for me. Um, cause like when I was in high school, it was just a little bit different. Like for me, I didn't care for history just because like, I don't know. It just was stuff like, okay, old timey stuff and whatever. Some of the stories were pretty cool. And like those ones I kind of latched onto, but if the story that was being told, I didn't really care about too much or like, I didn't get a good way of, uh, engaging me, yeah. then my brain didn't soak it up, right? Like, for example, I learned a lot in my English class because, well, we were, I had a really good teacher 
Yeah. So that also made it. And then we learned about interesting things. And sometimes, yeah, like shit was hard. Like it was hard for me to uh, actually kind of pay attention or whatever. But because my teacher had me engaged or like believed in me and like was a positive influence, that also helps. Because like, let's be real, like the teacher, similar to like a job and a manager, like they can make or break you doing this task that you kind of have to do, you know? Um, and in terms of going to school now for like audio engineering, it's actually really exciting because it's, it's just a six month program, but that's all I'm doing. There's no other courses. There's no other, anything else. Literally I, I go there and we are working on audio stuff day in, day out for hours on end. And I don't have to be pulled away from anything. And that's like, I think that would be more optimal if that's how high school was, but it wasn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. More focused. Um, yeah. I was going to say like, what, what exactly does an audio engineer do? Is that the guy behind the soundboard or are you, yeah. are you holding the boom mics or that too? Yeah. So basically what, and I went to the school to like do a tour and everything. And, uh, he kind of went over everything with me, which is really cool. We get to do exactly that holding the boom mic for like people doing their films. And then we also get to, uh, yeah, actually work behind the studio uh, like mixing and and mastering songs for other artists or maybe even for ourselves, which is really exciting because, um, you know, I, I, I do make a little bit of music here and there. So I'm excited to do that for myself as well. Uh, and then on top of that, I think the, the really cool thing, and I keep forgetting what it's called, but in film as well as in video games, uh, a lot of the time when they have to, do a lot of the recording for sound effects and stuff. Uh, usually you have somebody in a booth with like these different props and materials making the sounds and recording the sounds. Um, and I, we get to actually do that. I, I looked in their booth and I was like, why do you have like a, a sand pit with like a rock and like whatever <laughs> this other thing is? And he's like, well, if somebody is getting out of their car and they have to do like gravel, you're going to make, you're going to step in that, that sand pit or whatever. I was like, this is awesome. Oh. So we even get to do that stuff too. And the craziest thing is when, when the school is all done, um, if you took, if you took the the course, you get like a lifetime, uh, uh, like you're, you're able to enter that studio on like weekends, uh, like no cost or anything. So oh, it's really? pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's incredible. Cause then if it's like, Oh, I'm recording for like some local artists, they're going to pay me how much an hour. And then, like, we go, okay, perfect. I go to that studio and it, like, you know, cost me nothing. It's really sweet. The, yeah, that's a lot awesome. of opportunities. That's awesome. They, what kind of music have you uh, produced yourself? Like, what, what genre do you do mostly? Oh, so, usually, usually it's like rap instrumentals is sort of the vibe that I go for. But to be honest with you, like, I've, I've dabbled a lot with like different sort of stuff. So I've dabbled with like sampling and like doing that. And it's really fun, but it also is kind of difficult because you really have to, you really have to get an idea from like what you're hearing and go, Oh, this sounds good sped up or this sounds good pitch shifted or like, Oh, I like this, you know, clipping into this. Um, but I've also worked on video game sort of uh, instrumentals. So uh, even, even one of my first like, instrumentals that i did that was like a hip-hop instrumental it still sounded like a boss theme <laughs> and then back in 2020 when like the pandemic happened and everything uh i had a friend so i lived in vancouver for about a year and i had a friend who was just done working at a video game company 
and basically when when they work in the industry they uh most of them are just on contract work so his contract was up he was off and he was like you know what i want to do my own thing because he had kind of been going from company to company at the time and he was, so he, was he started do- he sorry he was he doing was, music no he was just making his own uh game like an indie game oh nice. so yeah so he started working on that i and then he approached me because he was like, yeah, we need a music guy. So unfortunately, over time, I stepped away from that uh, project just because, A, there wasn't actual pay yet. We were, we were waiting and seeing if we would ever get like any sort of uh, um, like budget, but we didn't have one. Um, so we were all just sort of working for free, working away, whatever. And then it kind of got to a point where I had started streaming and streaming was working out really well for me. And then I was like, okay, I'm actually like getting subs. People are donating every now and then. Like I'm actually making money from streaming. I love making music, but for the amount of time and effort that I put into it and, and money, I invested a lot of money into like my equipment and everything. I was like, okay, this isn't really working out and we're not getting anywhere. So I dropped from that project. However, I did make one song that i was very happy with and it's the only song that's going to be like a song that i made that gets into the game um but it's basically like the intro boss theme uh that you start with and yeah it's it's basically he he gave me the i he was like all right i want you to make a track that blends two genres or two sounds together so he's like i want it to be an edm track but with orchestral elements in it and I was like, okay, bet. And then I got started. And it, honestly, we worked on this song for, I want to say, like, six months. And even now, like, after, years after, because this was back 2020 uh, to 2021, um, I still have, like, mixed it and, like, altered it just a little bit to make it a little bit better here and there. And, man, it is still by far, like, one of the coolest things that I've ever created. Because I, th- I think with, like, art, you know, you you can sort of paint a picture or draw a picture and you kind of see something visual and you're like, damn, you know, that, that looks good or visually appealing. But when you make something that like sounds really good, it's it's very different. Oh, yeah. Very different. Do you have a, a copy of that that we can listen yeah. to after the podcast or you can send Absolutely. Me? Absolutely. I can. Can I just drop it into the yeah. into your discord here? Yeah. Yeah. Drop Absolutely, it in there. I will. And I'll, I'll check it out after the podcast and. They, it it is true that like any of those, I I find video game music is very underrated. Yes, hundred percent. Like I just look at like the works of like uh, Naboya Uematsu for Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like One Winged Angel and mm-hmm. like songs like that. It's it's stuff that they're incredible. It, they're incredible, but no, like nobody's gonna know about that. Like. Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing there. Uh, like Kesha, uh, yeah, under un, underrated is the word. Yeah, like you know, I don't think Kesha knows who that is or the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you know, probably I, not. I, I, probably I, not. I don't know. Kesha's kind of a bad example. I guess she's not really the limelight anymore. But yeah, but still, still, it, it is true. Like a lot of those people are uh, underrated in like the the I guess the celebrity sphere of like the music yeah. industry. But I think I think for. I don't know. With the internet, it's so different. But I think I think at least at least they're getting their paid respects on, on the internet. You know, they're getting their paid yeah. respects somewhere. But it's true, like in in the grand scheme of things, and and the uh, you know the music elite or whatever, probably not getting their their 
due respect. No. Um, but that's sort of the thing that I kind of enjoy about making music is like, I would like to be someday that person that like bridges that gap, you know, makes just good music in that, general. That would be and, like, sick. Yeah. Cause like to me, I enjoy a lot of like very normal, not I, saying normal, but you know, normal in the grand scheme of like what the, the average person would listen to. I, I've, I listen to a lot of, just regular music, you know, but video game music and uh, soundtracks and everything have some first off on like a music theory level have so much going for them. And then just on the different uh, genre blending or in the case of games like, and I've never actually played this game. I only know cause I've watched videos on it, but games like hollow Knight, where the music almost uh, amplifies the story that like you kind of have to, learn uh with the tones that are being made it's just it's cool it's it's uh there's nothing like video game music man yeah and that's it, that's the truth i i feel like the music has to set the tone of the game and the mm-hmm. and the tone of like what level you're doing and i know there's do you remember an indie hit called the messenger yeah i actually haven't played that yet but i i have it yeah yeah it's a great game uh the music was done by uh rainbow dragon eyes i believe it's his name mm. Uh, but it's, yeah. the music's actually on Spotify because I love it. I, I like that co- kind of old school, um, eight to thir- eight to eight to eight to sixteen bit. I guess you'd say, yeah, old yeah. school music. And it's funny because like the way that game works when you're at the first half of the game, it's eight bit, and then mm-hmm. the second half of the game is sixteen bit. And right. it's actually like the music reflects that, and it's like That's very cool. Yeah, it's it's. I always, like, I'm not musically inclined, I guess, so I don't, like, the whole process to me is kind of unknown, but it's just amazing that they can just come up with these things out of seemingly thin air. And right, just... yeah. Well, it's it's cool, too, because, like, for me, uh, a lot of times with visual art, I kind of get inspired by what I see. If I see, like, an art piece that I really like, I'm like, oh, I'd like to do something like that, and I kind of go for that, or, or I have an image in my head of, like, a certain video game character. I do a lot of fan art. But yeah. in terms of music, uh, for me, I've I've even had it where like inspiration will come in a dream. I'll like hear something in in my dreams, and I go, I wake up, and I'm like, this is this is like a catchy tune, and then I would like record it with like my my uh, phone, like voice recorder, and then try to implement that in a song. It's a lot of fun, honestly. Oh, that that sounds like like genuine inspiration. I'd say. Yeah, I'm- it's 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 very cool. Coming to you in dreams. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah i don't think that happens with everybody but it has happened quite a lot with me i'm also gonna i think you should be able to listen to it in the discord when we're done but yeah i, I put it there in your uh server there oh perfect yeah i'll have yeah. To check that out and so that's the first boss music from this game yeah. <sighs> from this game yeah and it's funny because he uh he has the like in the demo they even implemented it the only issue is it's uh i can i can only go over it kind of vaguely but it's a rpg with like rhythm game mechanics uh as like as like the the battles so it's pretty cool um i i think like from the last time i saw it they had a ways to go but uh i'm hoping now it's it's almost been wow i guess it's almost been two years since i like stopped working on the project but uh, i hope at some point i can see their their finished project because or finished product sorry because it's uh it's definitely a cool idea. 
but yeah the the song it, it went hard man it's still <laughs> one of the few things that i'm like very very proud of and i can like flaunt off you know yeah that, that's a, i'm i'm excited to hear that truly yeah. and uh i yeah i hope your friend does do well with that with that game are they doing indiegogo or anything like that or kickstarter not at the they're, not at the moment they just they funding talk... it themselves yeah, they, it was self-funded. They tried to get a grant from like the I don't even remember what the hell it's called in Canada. There's like a an arts grant that you can get from like the government, which is pretty cool. The fact that it even exists, but you have to like you have to prove yourself. So even though like we had a a big, just everything he did was very professional because he actually worked in the industry. Um, he made like all these different plan documents and stuff and sent it into like the government's grant fund or whatever. Um, and we still didn't get it. I think we were a little too late and then he tried again. And I, I don't know if like it, uh, it worked out. Um, but Hey, hopefully, you know, but I, other than that, like if that doesn't work, I, I hope that he would start like an Indiegogo or like a Kickstarter or something. It's worked for other people. Yeah, no, it sure has. There's, a, there's a lot of issues with those two of scams too. It's yeah, there's a lot of scams yeah. on there too. So it's like, People are like hesitant to use those things, but if, mm-hmm. if you have a real project and you got real things you could show off about it, I'm sure people would have no problem backing it. Yeah, I think games are a little bit easier to back than, you know, like these funny products like uh, Solar Roadways or whatever. <laughs> oh, Solar <laughs> like, Roadways, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't happening anytime soon. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it it's cool. I it's it's cool though because uh just thinking about it like when he asked me to do the project, um I really was I really was an amateur. And like even in the process of like working with him and everything, like he was very supportive and very critical too, which I think is super important. Like actually taking criticism is something that I don't think a lot of people can. Yeah. And I'll admit there were some times that it kind of pissed me off cuz I'm like, dude, like I'm working hours on this and like you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's never good enough. But every time he did that, he would give me an idea of like, okay, try and implement this sort of thing. And then like as I'm doing it, I get another idea, and like it just sort of breeds that creativity. So even though in in the moment, I, in the back of my head, I would have these thoughts of like, oh my god, like, all right, what am I gonna have to do now? It was it, it always ended up being a, a really good thing because I ended up making something way better. And I, I know, I know for a fact, there's a lot of people that like can't take that. Like, if if they if they got the criticism that he gave me, a lot of people would just like quit or be like, "Oh, I'm I'm too stressed" or whatever. And like, that doesn't, you know, that's not a bad thing being stressed or whatever. But uh, I think that's something that having that little experience that I've already had, it will help me when I do go to school. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's the problem. Is I think a lot of people do have problems taking criticism. And yeah. it's also a problem with people when they have experience in something, even a little bit, because then they almost think they're an expert. If you know what yeah. I mean, it's it's easier. Or they're, they're, yeah, they almost feel like entitled to getting praise. Yeah, it, it's easier in anything, whether it's like martial arts or a sport or music, anything. It's always easier to teach uh, a total beginner than somebody who has a bit of experience. Because there's yeah. bad habits they got to unlearn. And yeah, like I said, sometimes they're stuck in their way and they don't want to admit they're wrong or they're too proud. 
Yeah. They pull a full no, they pull a full Vegeta on us. <laughs> it's very <laughs> true, yeah. No, they it's I don't know. That's that's sort of the thing I'm excited to see is because it's also like a it's a social experiment in a way. Is like meeting these other people and seeing how they react to their criticisms or how they the way that other people do things and then maybe learning good habits from them or learning what not to do from them. That's huge. Yeah. I just hope when you're a sound engineer, I hope you're not doing the boom one day and somebody pulls an air horn into their lavalin mic or whatever. Or... <laughs> what, yeah. What, what, no. what, what are those things called? Lanier? Are they lavalin mics? The ones that are hooked up? Uh, they, they like clip onto your clothes. Like, he's wearing a wire. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I, I, um, I, think they're I, called, what... I think they're called lavalier mics. I can't remember, though. Yeah, yeah, lavalier. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, because I'm a, I don't know. Do you remember the old uh, Canadian TV show Kenny vs. Spenny? Yeah, I do. <laughs> they were doing the competition who could piss off more people, and Kenny <laughs> Kenny blew a blew an air horn into his little mic there, and his sound guy like <laughs> rips off his earphones, and he's holding his head. He's like, he's like two points. Brad's pissed off. <laughs> yeah, that show's a classic, man. Yeah, so good. I I definitely wouldn't uh yeah, I definitely wouldn't want somebody to blow an air horn into the mic because I think the whole point of those guys with the booms is they're listening to the live audio to make sure it's recording. Yes. Making sure that it's recording and making sure that like you're you're getting the um the subject in focus uh to be in focus audio wise as well. Um yeah. I, I noticed a lot of like maybe you can answer this. I, I'm a pretty big film guy. Like I've never, mm-hmm. I, I've done YouTube videos, but that's about it. I haven't mm-hmm. done too many crazy film projects or anything. I'd like to, but uh, yeah. I do know a thing or two about cinema and you know, kind of kind of cinematography and how it works and stuff. But yeah, I, I noticed a lot of the mo- some of the modern boom mics they don't have that. F- like the old ones had those fuzzy pop filters. Hey, yeah, I noticed yeah. that a lot of the new. A lot of these new ones and some of the old ones don't really have those anymore. So I'm wondering if the sound filtering is internal on these new ones. I'm actually not sure, to be honest with you, because, yeah, even when, when I was in high school and we did, like, our films and stuff, our boom mics always had those, like, pop filters and stuff. Yeah, so... the big fuzzy ones. They look like brooms yeah, almost. Yeah, the, yeah, they're, like, fluffy. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, my uh, Yeti I used to use uh, for YouTube, it had, like, a, you know, a foam one. Which is yeah. normal too. Some guys use socks, but I noticed the yeah. ones on <laughs> the ones on like Kenneber Spetty and stuff. They're just a mic. There's no like maybe they just didn't use pop filters. I don't know. So I was gonna say it could also depend on the type of uh, thing that you're you're filming. So like for something more cinematic, you would probably want a pop filter so you're not getting uh, the pops. The, the the big fuzzy ones are actually to uh really get out uh, sorry i'm trying to figure out the word for it but negate uh the outside audio so that it really hones in on the person speaking rather than like background audio that's that's the word i'm looking for um in terms of something like kenny versus spenny if they're using one without a pop filter uh, it's probably because of <laughs> just you know the type of show that it is stuff's pretty chaotic at times yeah so they probably don't have to worry about it too too much um, sometimes it could even add to it hearing something in the background. So it, uh, I, that's my assumption at least. Um, but it really depends. 
Yeah, it could, it could be the direction. Yeah, because like yeah, the ones could be cardioid, which is like mm-hmm. where it's recording re- something right in front of it, and then there's the omnidirectional, which kind of records the room. So right, and yeah, because they yeah. kind of want to record the crew's laughter and stuff like that. So yeah, that would, yeah, it would make so, sense that they'd want like an omnidirectional. Yeah, exactly. That that makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, uh, it's I have I have something I definitely want to talk about sure. today. Uh, but but if you had if you had a question, I I will gladly uh, hear it out. No, I, I well I was just gonna ask you about the 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 art thing. I wanted to yep. ask: Has anybody ever commissioned you to do like a Rule Thirty Four thing? <laughs> so no, uh, not yet, at least. Um, I think I think usually when people want like Rule Thirty Four stuff, for the most part, they usually actually go to like rule 34 artists or artists on twitter that like explicitly do (laughs) explicit uh explicitly do like (laughs) nsfw art right uh some artists they make really really nice art they they're really good at drawing anatomy but then they have to like explicitly say uh i don't do nsfw and then for me i do a lot of fan art so i haven't really had anybody approach me with that sort of stuff yet um, but I also am, am still, I would say, relatively new to the whole, like, commissions thing. Like, I've done commissions since 2017, but last year I opened up commissions for, like, the first time and, like, kind of made it known to everybody, and people started, like, approaching me about getting art done. Um, so, technically speaking, I'm still pretty new to it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it could it could happen one day. We'll see. Um, if that does happen, you know. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> oh yeah. So you're not opposed to it though. If so. No, I'm not opposed to it because it also it's I maybe this is like this shows the amateur in me, which is fine. Um usually I take a lot of commission work as like an opportunity to uh kind of use it as a study and learn a new thing. Yeah. So like for example, today I was doing sketches for my friend. He's getting we we did our our little subathon on stream and we did a like a speed race in in Breath of the Wild to get off of the the first little area, the Great Plateau, oh, and yeah. I, we 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 had our stakes. The stakes was uh, if I won, he he edited a video for me, and if if he won, I would have to draw his like emotes and sub badges and stuff. Um, ended up doing the study for that today, and it was cool because like yeah, his his profile picture is like a brain, and like I. Have, I don't know. I've never really drawn a lot of brains. I, I drew his like profile picture and stuff, but still it was like, okay, I just sort of sketched it out and it looked okay. So I just went with it. And today I kind of had a chance to use that as a study for what a brain looks like and kind of stylizing it in my own way and whatever. Um, and honestly, I kind of just get to do that with most of the commissions that I do. Like somebody wanted me to draw a fox. So I was like, okay, well now I get to learn how to draw a fox. <laughs> um, you know, it's not the most professional thing, but I also don't know how to draw everything. Most people don't, so. Most people have their, like, bread and butter. Like, oh, I draw girls, or I draw anime people, or I draw porn. <laughs> For me, it's yeah. like, okay, I draw fan art, and it ranges from anime to, you know, cartoon characters to whatever, really. I just, you know, it depends on what the thing is. It might take me more time. I might stylize it in a different way than I usually do. It's inconsistent, and I think that might be a problem, but eh, people still come back, so it is what it is. Yeah, I have one buddy that I went to school with, um, and he does 
Um, in particular, he just does furry NF NSFW, right. and it's like yeah. well, furry and scaly. Like scaly is the dragon. Okay, yeah, the dragon version. Yeah, I guess I'm. I'm not. Like again, I'm not yeah. I'm not into that stuff, but his no, art neither is, am I. His art is beautiful though. Like he's fucking good. I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. And and those <laughs> I mean the furry arts where the money's at, man. Those people will pay top dollar for their fucking shit. It's awesome. Oh, and I respect crazy. it. Yeah. yeah I, I I that's how I am. I don't I'm like I'm like, it doesn't turn me on. That's not really my thing, but like yeah, not, but I can, <laughs> not my cup of tea. But you know, Picasso's not really my thing either, but I can admire yeah. I can admire his work, you know. I I it's it doesn't take an expert in something to see, you know, the beauty in it. So I'm like yeah. I'm like shit, you know, if that's what gets you going and you like and you like doing that, well whatever, draw them. I'm sure there's, yeah, guys, exactly. there's probably dudes out there that just draw dicks all day. That's their like like they just literally. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say Michelangelo. All of his sculptures had tiny penises, and look at those things. They're like they're priceless. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like everybody loves those things. So <laughs> you know, it just it might not small penises might not be your cup of tea, but you know, you you can accept when something is art and when something is uh is is good. Yeah, if I was offered to have the statue <laughs> of David in my home, I would. Yeah, we we take those. <laughs> yeah, that, maybe maybe it's not the exact same. Maybe I wouldn't take a bunch of furry porn, but hey, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you know, taste changes. Yeah, grandma and grandpa come over. What's this on your yeah. wall? What? <laughs> oh, that's uh, alien species. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's art from a year that you won't know. It was like there was. I had this one artist that. Um, I bought some of her stuff. I can't remember her name. Her, I think it was Taylor Quinn. I don't know. She's out of Canada, not local to where we are, but close to us. And right. uh, she did these weird drawings, and it was anime girls, but they were in like a style of Pokemon. But oh, but like the Pokemon, it was it was weird because it was like a combination. It was like an anime chick that had Pikachu ears. And she had two swords, but her the hilt of her swords were Zapdos heads. What the fuck? Then, that's then, awesome, but yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then the Zapdos beak was like the the sword, the the sharp edge. <laughs> I want to see this. This <laughs> is cool. Yeah, I my my brother. I think my brother has it somewhere. I'd have to look look and see if I could find it. But she did a lot of. It was really abstract, but it was basically it wasn't like Moemon where. There was actually, yeah. have you heard, you've heard of that? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was where the guy did the whole Pokemon game with, an, only it was, they were turned into anime <laughs> girls. Yeah, for people who don't For people who don't know, yeah, like Lollicon stuff. But, yeah. But, um, no, this was more abstract. It was basically like the Pokemon were like the armor on the person. Yeah, that's, that's, that's unique. That's unique. Yeah, definitely, definitely cool. I have a, I'll send you a picture of it after, but I have one of her pictures on my wall of um she drew ghastly haunter and gengar and it's like a really dark kind of eerie right feel to it like a dark vibe yeah. i guess and it's, oh, that's cool i love it love it but uh, no, that's that's awesome but what did you what did you want to you, you said you wanted to talk about something yeah so it's it's a little i don't know when this will go up maybe it'll go maybe this will be dated when whenever this uh, podcast goes up well, but the podcast uh, should be going up tomorrow Okay, so this is perfect. Yeah, um, October 6th. 
So tomorrow, or I guess technically today when people are watching it or listening, uh, October 6th, uh, or, you know, beyond that, we're getting the trailer for the Mario movie. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yeah, I, I was just... I'm, did, you, did you see when they like announced the casting for that last year? Yeah, it was... Um... It was uh, Chris Pratt as Mario, right? Yeah, and then Chris Pratt, Mario, Donkey Kong is Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen yeah. <laughs> Bowser is Jack Black, Charlie Day is uh, Luigi. Yes, the chick from the chick I, I forget her name. The chick from Queens, no, not Queens Gambit. Yeah, Queens Gambit. Chick from Queens Gambit is uh, fucking Peach. And then my favorite, uh, Keegan Michael Key is Toad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's gonna be so good. It, yeah, it's actually funny because, like, what do you think of the cast? I remember we kind of discussed a little bit on the podcast, but I, I actually thought, like, you know what? The cast can work. Like, Ke- absolutely. Keegan as Toad uh, is abs- hilarious. Absolutely works. Because he has got that my voice, you know, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does it. And the funny thing is, too, is like, if he, if, because they already, so they showed the promotional thing uh, two days ago. And uh, it's Mario looking off into the distance, which, by the way, the poster's a banger. The poster looks sick. Yeah. Um, but you have all these toads here. I'm thinking he's going to voice every single one. And, like, if, A, if he, if he does the same voice for all of them, that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> if he does a different voice for all of them, it's going to be hilarious. Like, I think either way you're winning with it is the thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I... I personally think it will be fine. I don't... I think a lot of people... Uh, at least on the internet sphere, <laughs> uh, they get worried or they get worked up about it because the studio that's making it, Illumination, yeah. have a pretty big track record of of pretty uh, soulless, at least in the animation world, pretty soulless movies. Um, personally, you know, I, I like Despicable Me, the first one. All the other ones are kind of meh. Minions are kind of annoying. But uh, other than that, like, I, I think with it being a Mario movie, with the casting choices that they currently have, um, and Nintendo kind of also being behind it as well, they obviously it's Mario's their baby. They're not just going to let them run rampant with it and do whatever they want. This isn't the '80s anymore, you know. No, no. Well, um, that's the thing. Mar- like Mario is actually under lock and key. Nintendo yeah. is very protective of their IPs. Yeah. So it's it's. I think it's going to be just. I think it's going to be good. And honestly. I kind of hope that there's some cringe because that makes it better. If it's a boring, safe movie, yeah. I, I, I think I would be more disappointed that way. <laughs> I, I want it to embrace memes. I want it to not like not forcing it to the point where it makes me cringe to a point where I get upset. But like, you know, just just I want funny things. I want silly things. Do it. Do Donkey Kong doing the Seth Rogen laugh. I don't care. Oh my god, that'd be pretty <laughs> funny. Jack Black is Bowser. Like it doesn't get better than that, man. And I think I think Chris Pratt Mario, as much as it seems really silly, I, I think I think we'll be okay. I think we'll survive. And uh, I I hope that I don't know. I I hope that uh, it turns some heads. But I also hope that the the movie actually turns out good. I don't know. I think in in terms of like a lot of stuff like that with you know movies that are are kind of backed by studios with like a bad reputation. Like it doesn't mean that those studios aren't worth redemption uh in 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 terms of like animation and especially in recent years uh best best one to point a finger at is sony uh pictures animation they came up with the fucking emoji movie 
<laughs> and then their next, yeah their their next movie after that genuinely one of the best animated movies of all time spider-man into the spider-verse oh, like so it, good. it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as you have a good team of you know directors and uh voice directors and stuff like that like the it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be good it, you know i don't think the i don't think the uh the the mario movie is supposed to make me like cry or like go damn like that that's cinema it's like no it's gonna be a goofy kind of made for kids and families but it's also gonna be like it's mario the wahoo yahoo man you know it's it's gonna yeah. get a little wacky and i'm excited i'm here for it yeah well and that's the thing that i think a lot of people are kind of worried or wondering why didn't they get you know Ch charles martinet or mm -hmm, i believe that's mm -hmm. his name but the, the thing they got to realize too is that well first of all it's hollywood charles isn't really yeah. in hollywood um yeah but also charles yes he's the voice of mario but he's the voice of mario like yahoo wahoo you know yeah he, he doesn't have really speaking lines as mario it's not not a lot and to like, be honest with you go. like yeah <laughs> well it's funny because uh recently there was a there was a game for the 3ds i think it was like 2017 2018 it was wario wear gold and you kind of got to hear Charles Martinet speak as Wario in like full, complete, uh, like sentences and stuff. And it's kind of funny. And I think a lot of people have sort of pointed this out is like when you start to hear him do the voice for a long time and like speaking in full sentences, you kind of realize why they're they're mainly just they make sounds. Yeah. Um, and also why like yeah sometimes. Uh, it's so it's okay to just have a, a different voice actor. I mean, my the other franchise that I love to death is is the Sonic franchise. They go through voice actors like every you know five to ten years. So it it's fine for for Mario to have a different voice for the movie go around. Yeah. I do kind of I kind of wish that the status quo on voice actors was a little different. Like the the truth is that with a lot of these movies nowadays, yeah, they're they're always gonna choose Hollywood voice over actual like voice actors um you know and and i think to each their own for me i think it's a little unfortunate because i think there's a lot of voice talent that could like really uh that deserve a lot of those those big roles for but sure. at the same time it's like it is what it is you know it is what it is and it doesn't mean that the the hollywood talent that mainly do normal acting aren't you know worthy of doing voice acting there are different types of acting um but you know they they can go hand in hand yeah it's that's that's how i feel like there's a lot of like guys that are doing you know anime like christopher sabat and like mm -hmm. like you know charl um can't remember who i was thinking of there but there's a lot of voice actors that are really good talents but they the thing is no your mainstream people don't know them but then yeah. if they see Chris Pratt on the poster showing up number yeah. one, then they're like, yeah. oh, you know, Star-Lord, Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic yeah, World. Yeah, I, I like him. Jurassic World, everything, you know, that's he's a huge star right now. So uh, yeah. what, what they did with that over, like, Charles, for example, is that was, we got to sell a movie. Yeah. So that's what And, like, doing. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like, that's... That's always what it's going to be. <laughs> they're yeah. they're trying to they're trying to sell a movie to as much people as they can. In this case, it's like, bro, it's a Mario movie. That shit cannot, it will not fail. Ain't no way. No. If 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 the Sonic movie is is like the highest performing video game movie of all time, the, uh, specifically, I think Sonic Two broke more records. Um, honestly, I I think with what they what they have started with this Mario movie, like it's it's probably going to top it. 
Yeah, probably. Did, did you did you like the Sonic movie? I, okay. I, oh yes, I did. I did. Um, the Sonic One movie I enjoyed. I liked a lot of parts because I personally I, I I like uh Jim Carrey. I think he's he's funny. Oh, oh me too. I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I could I could just I can name a bunch of scenes in that movie that like genuinely made me laugh out loud. Like he, it was good. It was good. But I think my biggest complaint was at the end of the day, you could have swapped out. Uh, you could have swapped out Sonic with any other just random animal buddy from like a different planet and like it kind of would have worked uh but with sonic 2 they really implemented and honed in on like the the fan service factor as well as like just actual like in-game uh lore so and that was like really dope so sonic 2 way way better sonic 1 was like a just a good video game movie sonic 2 i've always said this sonic 2 is a good sonic movie um i enjoyed it a lot I, I actually haven't watched the second one yet. I really want to because I really liked I really liked the first one. I thought it was good. And... Oh, if you like, here's the thing because I was the same. I liked the first one too. If you liked the first one, like for me as a Sonic fan, of course, like I loved it. But yeah. still, you'll you'll have more respect for the second one because of what it does do. They really they really do a lot better with everything basically. Yeah. Still, well... the, the 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 parts with the humans are kind of the most boring, but. You kind of just want to see more Sonic, but it's still like, oh, there's so much stuff. You're just like, God damn, this is great. That and one... then there's stuff at the ending too. It's, it's, it's hype. It's hype. Oh yeah. That's, that's one thing I was going to say. They, um, with that first movie, that was probably one of the first movies where the fans corrected the studio and they actually listened. Yeah. They, yeah. I, I that feel, was huge. I feel bad for those animators, unfortunately, but like for real though, what were you doing? What? Yeah. Why, why did they make him look the way they did? It didn't make sense. Just Well, and it's funny too because like a lot of people a lot of people have this really silly thing. They just don't understand how it works. So I get it, but they have this funny fantasy that like they they did it on purpose and that they like they made him ugly and then they were like, "Oh, it's okay. We'll just delete the movie." No, 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 no. <laughs> they had they had uh merchandise done. They had a bunch of shit ready. Like they were, they they were like, yes, this is how Sonic's gonna look in the movie, and it's crazy because like some of that merchandise still exists, and it's uncanny. Oh my! It is God. uncanny. Yeah. Um, I want no. That, that was. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I remember I saw there was a there was a mask of the original Sonic design, and then I think there were like, uh, like test test versions of like McDonald's toys or something like something like that. Like they were small little toys. Um, and they were of the original design, and bruh, oh my lord! But it's good. Then they they actually went to uh, Tyson Hess, which is like a like a uh, an avid Sonic artist, um, and they went to him for like the redesign. And yeah, it's way better. It's cool. It's really cool. I don't I don't know if we'll ever see something like that again because it literally killed the animation studio that was working on the the movie, which is really sad. But um, hey, you know they did it. <laughs> Yeah, they should have. I, I feel like a lot of these things where they when they figure out the sort, they need to figure out the source material more, and yeah. and ignore. Um, we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but one of my favorite movie, movies of all time uh, is Doom, the do the Doom mm. movie with the Rock from like oh six. The Rock, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it has nothing to do with Doom, like when you like bes <laughs> besides characters and likenesses and the monsters likenesses. But there's yeah. no there's no portal to hell, right? It's all science fiction, and I think a lot of that they did 
um, to not piss off religious groups, but right. But either way, it was such a campy and fun movie that we're, we're just able to enjoy it for what it's worth, you know. So that's that's exactly it. Is and this kind of goes with a lot of entertainment is, um, and I think a lot of times this is just a precursor to what I'll say. I think a lot of times people really try to be as objective as they can when it's like, bro, it's all subjective. It's all just dependent on like your experience with it, your, uh, you know, your background, whatever, even, even culture has something to do with it. Um, for me, I've always been in the camp of as long as it's entertaining, I think you could, uh, and as a Sonic fan, (laughs) I could definitely say as long as it's entertaining, that will, that will affect how I view the product. Uh, for example, like if a game is polished, a game is finished, but it is boring, the writing is bad, I don't, I'm not entertained. At the end of the day, it's entertainment and I'm not entertained. To me, that is a way worse, way, way worse product than yeah. if, say, they released it unfinished in a horrible state that's incomplete. But I can see that they had passion. I can see that they had an idea. Maybe their maybe their uh, ideas were too grandiose. Maybe there were other powers at bay that ruined it for them. Usually, this happens with a lot of game studios. They have the 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 higher ups that are like, "Hey, we we need this game out by Christmas," and then bam, they they release Sonic 06, You know, and, yeah. and that's how you that's that's exactly it though. Is like something like <laughs> I played Sonic 06 on stream. That game is horrible. No, no shit. Like it's not finished, but that's exactly it. It's not finished. And yeah. what I did play of the game, I could see like they tried to tell this grandiose story. You know, it didn't really work. There's a lot of like just awful stuff, but it also makes me laugh because of how horrible it is. And in its own right, that's entertainment. That's funny. I it's it's memorable. I, I look at a game like uh, the newest one that they released was called Sonic Forces. And that game is two hours long, and it is painfully, painfully a slog. Two hours, and it's a slog. That tells you everything you need to know. Um, the The idea is that like <laughs> Sonic gets captured by Eggman, and then he uh, he gets tortured. He's been tortured brutally <laughs> for like a year, and then it <laughs> it doesn't show you this. It tells you it in text. And then it goes to the next scene, and it uh, <laughs> it's just him in a cell, and he's like, "Oh boy, I think it's time for me to get out of here." And it's like, "Bro, you aren't tortured." Like, and, and here's the thing, I didn't need to see him get brutally tortured in a prison cell. It's just <laughs> in in storytelling, it's always show don't tell. When you tell me something, but then you don't show me, even even showing me that he has been would have been better. But you're not showing me anything. It I was not entertained, and that that's that's ultimately it. Like this Mario movie, it could be cringe. It could be really silly with a bunch of fart jokes or like you know minions esque humor. Yeah. But you know if if it if if there's some funny jokes or Jack Black goes yeah or some shit or I hear fucking Keegan Michael Key. Just being Keegan Michael Key as a toad, like that's. I think it will be enough. I think it'll be enough, honestly. Yeah, if it's sometimes, sometimes you don't do it for the quality, you do it for the meme, you know. Yeah, and it, yeah. 
And that's, <laughs> that, that's kind of how we feel about, yeah, about the old Doom movie. It's just, right. It's just very quotable. Like, it, there's so many lines from that that we quote all the time, and it's just like... Absolutely. O- objectively, yeah, it's probably a horrible movie. But, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it's a fun movie, and it's got Carl Urban in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and who wants to who wants to judge things based off of a fucking checklist, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. I, I would just rather feel what I feel in the moment, and then, hey, maybe upon a rewatch, I, I, I realize some things, and I'm like, oh, I don't really like this. And, like, that's okay, too. It's okay to change your mind on stuff. But I, I think exactly the same thing like Doom with uh, with a lot of other certain stuff. Like, it's, it, it you know, it might not be the most perfectly sound product that you've seen or whatever, but if I enjoyed my time with it and I didn't, I wasn't looking at the clock like, holy crap, when is this over? <laughs> I think it did its job, you know? Yeah. Did you, did you ever play Sonic.exe? <laughs> yeah back when that was a thing back when that was a thing my friend showed it to me he was like she's like dude you have to come over and play this new game and i played it and i was like this is kind of scary <laughs> i was like i can't. I was like i was like in middle school so i was like yeah and i like i still don't really play a lot of horror games i'm better now like i got into the resident evil franchise and that changed me man i love i have a different respect for horror now as an adult um and also knowing how like movie stuff works i i just there's some cool shit. There's some cool shit. Um, so it'd be funny going back and playing that now. Maybe if I played it in like a dark room with headphones on, I'd get more in the moment and be like, "Oh, spooky!" But yeah, I, I did play that as a as a youngin. It was fun. Well, like Silly. honestly, that uh, I think I speak for everybody in the video game community when I say that the underwater Sonic music that plays when you're running out of air is the most yeah. anxiety ridden music <laughs> probably in the world. Yeah, it's they they did that. That's once again going to the the whole sound design music thing. They did their job, one hundred percent. They did their job. Like that's how you uh, that's how you make a good jingle. I actually, I, man, fuck, I could talk about Sonic music all day. They 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 kill it with most of their soundtracks. Even even in the bad games, soundtracks always slap. Oh, I think yeah. that also propels it. I I would agree with that. I've I I really like the Sonic music and. What, what 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 would you say is your favorite video game soundtracks of all time? Ah, uh, I was see, I was gonna ask you this at the start, and I was like, you know what, we'll get there some point. Oh, so okay. <laughs> so my favorite of all time, I would say, um, there's a couple. It's funny. I'll go with the Sonic ones first because, like, they are some of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, I really, I think my favorite. I'd say my top two because, and it's funny because they're my top two games as well. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles um, had it had music from Michael Jackson uh, that one they just they go hard the the music goes hard in that game uh, the Genesis sound chip just sounds amazing it's great oh, uh, and then the other one would be Sonic Adventure 2 because that has live and learn and uh, escape from the city so those are just bangers in themselves but then also like I, I just I listen to the Sonic Adventure 2 soundtrack like every couple of days uh especially on stream just because every character had a different genre for like their their music so like sonic was his normal like butt rock it was awesome tails was sort of more like dreamy and and pop like i guess but still had like the rocking guitars and everything shadow was like a lot of drum and bass and like still some more rock but it went a little bit harder um eggman was like industrial 
and like still a lot of them have like rock influence but his was like rock influence with a little bit of industrial noise and stuff really really cool and the two that i really like that i go back to knuckles had the fucking knuckles raps and then like <laughs> pumpkin hill and shit and then rouge had like jazz and funk and it was like that's so cool i i think uh doing that with characters like if i ever developed a game i would love to do that where like the characters almost motifs are just genres just genres of music and like that's their thing i thought that was super cool other than that donkey kong country has a great soundtrack and uh persona 5 persona 5 has a great soundtrack oh i've never listened to uh, persona i've never played persona Persona 5 is the, I'd say, like, your your best one to start with, just because it's the easiest to get into, and then if you like it, then, like, you can delve more into the series. I'd say if if you want maybe a better story, I think Persona 4 has the better story. Yeah. Um, but uh, gameplay-wise, Persona 5 is the, the best one to start with, and yeah, the music is, oh, it's fantastic, dude. Funky, jazzy, just great. What yeah. about what about you in terms I... of um, in terms of OSTs? Well, I gotta say, I, I definitely agree with you on the whole Donkey Kong Country. I yeah, like as a kid, I remember playing that when I was probably four years old, and like even as a four year old, like the the Bramble Vine level, yeah, that music. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head right now. Uh, I think if it's, I don't know if it's Donkey Kong Country one or two. Is it uh, Sticker Bush Symphony? It might be the that one. one. Like... I, th- I think it's two. Okay, yeah, that that's probably Sticker Bush Symphony. Where it's like, dun, dun, yeah, it's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm off, I'm off pitch, but yeah, it's a good one. It's a really yeah, good one. It's, it's really you know, like, yeah. Oh God. So good. But I think like my number one that I always think of for music off the top of my head right now is Super Mario 64. Oh yeah. Fuck is that? Yeah. Fuck is that soundtrack good? Yeah. It's, it's iconic too. Like yeah. the, it's, it's crazy. Cause recently I was kind of going through the Mario soundtracks, just kind of listening to them. And I was like, yeah, it's crazy to think that, like, the stuff that I grew up with, with, like, 64, and even just hearing the renditions in, like, because I, I grew up with the GameCube, so I played Super Smash Bros. Melee. Yeah. And, like, the renditions of, like, the slide thing, like, like, that, that's, it's so iconic. Um, They're, so they're just good. really good, really good melodies that just stick in your head forever. And, and yeah, so... It's like a childlike wonder whenever I listen to that stuff, man. Yeah, well, Super Smash Brothers is a great example because that's like a mishmash of all the best music. Yeah. While you're beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, I think I think like in terms of if you wanted to go with the objective route, what has the best OST? It'd be like Smash yeah. Ultimate because yeah. you just you get you get every single thing like ever. It's awesome. You get Persona Five. You get Sonic. You get some Mega Man. You get uh, even now they have Final Fantasy music finally uh, yeah. with like Sephiroth and everything. It's it's incredible. But you know, obviously I, they're they're never gonna uh, say like oh Smash Ultimate is like soundtrack of the year because no, it's not like a bunch of original music. But it's yeah. still it it's great. It's awesome. I I I just remember always in uh, Smash Bros Melee. Just sitting on like this, sitting on the very end of Great Fox, and I'm just Mr. Game Watch flipping my bacon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Melee is great, dude. Melee is a classic. I was actually, I was, oh fuck, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I was going through my drawing book yesterday on stream, and it's funny because uh, I played, I played as Pichu because Pichu is just such a funny little character. Yeah, uh, he's one of the first, one of the first things I ever drew was Pichu. That's awesome, Super funny. dude. Yeah. 
So you have all your original sketches from like from the time you started? Yeah, uh I think in grade in grade 1 my mom gave me a sketchbook when I was going to like uh summer camp. And she was like, "Yeah, just use this for like for like as a diary and like keep track of like how your experience was." So for the first like 3 pages I talk about like how I went on the trampoline and I went zip lining and I went swimming and then I just stopped. And then from there, like however long it took me, I started <laughs> I started writing down things because I was playing Paper Mario uh, on my GameCube, and oh, I would get yeah. lost and confused. So I needed to start like jotting down notes on like what I needed to do. So I used it as a notebook for the game, which is super funny. Was, um, was so that, those were uh, like, my... well, sorry, was that Thousand Year Door? Or... Yeah, Thousand Year Door, Thousand Year Door, and that's that's like my favorite game of all time. Actually, okay, it's my second favorite game of all time. My my first favorite game of all time is uh, Metal Gear Solid Three. Oh, MGS classic. Yeah, dude, great game. Yeah, that I was gonna say the, um, yeah, those are both great games. Paper, paper, yeah. paper Mario is like an, it's, it's kind of an underrated RPG. Everybody talks about um, what was the Super Nintendo one? It was a uh, Super Mario. RPG. So there was yeah Mario RPG. That game's great too. That it, game's it, great too. It is but... great, but everybody talks about that one. But I, yeah. find, I find a lot of people kind of sleep on Paper Mario because they don't like the art style. Yeah, I, Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, like if you go online, there's like a, <laughs> any Paper Mario fan is like, this is the best one. Um, yeah. But anybody outside of the Paper Mario fandom, like, yeah, you're not going to catch them talking about Paper Mario. They're not going to be like, oh man, I love that. Like if, if you if you didn't grow up playing it, you're probably not going to be like, oh yeah, that game, I'm down the next paper mario that comes out like <laughs> um but on the other side of things there was also the mario and luigi uh rpgs those games oh, yeah great. superstar saga superstar saga one yeah. of the goats i see those are the games that i grew up with and those are the rpgs that i grew up with any like even yeah any any rpgs that like i tried to play as a kid it was just like well too much reading and the combat was like you press a button and your guy doesn't move with with mario and luigi and paper mario the thing that made them special was the fact that like the battles were engaging because like you had the different button presses, button combinations, whatever, and like you could interact in order to uh, dodge attacks and whatever. It was just cool. There was there was a lot more than just oh your luck stat. It was like no, you actually are playing the game, and that that's why it's like that's why Thousand Year Door is still uh, like my top, like my second favorite game because it's like no, it just it did things really well. It has a a very original soundtrack too. It's not something I go back and listen to, but it is very uh, diverse in its own way, and it makes it really truly its own. I, I want to go play that game again, man. It's so good. Yeah, I definitely need to play that again. I'm, I, I was a teenager, I guess, when I played the GameCube or young. Teens. Right. I'm 32 now, so you know, right. My first RPG though was there. I had two of them at the same time, and it was. Final Fantasy One, like the original on oh, wow. Nintendo, and then Dragon right. Warrior on NES. Oh yeah, so so literally the first Dragon Quest or whatever Dragon Quest. Yeah. It was weird. Those those games those games were uh, were different because in Japan it was like Final Fantasy One in America was Japan's Final Fantasy Three, I think. It was, and I think Dragon War. It was something uh, like that, right? It was uh, three and four, six, three and six. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was, and then like. And then America got an exclusive called Mystic Quest. Right, yeah. Which was just a dumbed-down RPG so that, <laughs> so that your average consumer could figure it out. But yeah, yeah, yeah there was Final Fantasy 1 and then 2, 
And then number three in America was actually six. Yes. It was right, on Super right. Nintendo. But yeah. Then, and then there was four. And then there was, yeah, five. And then they got an original re- release of six, I think, later. It was a mm-hmm. big confusing thing. I can't remember. Yeah, because later, and this happened with, uh, actually, it's very similar. It happened with Persona 2. Later on, they released the proper numbered games, but they were like remakes of them. So, because oh. I, I have, I have behind me, I have Final Fantasy 2 on PSP. Um, but it's like the, the actual Final Fantasy 2, not like yeah. Final Fantasy 4 or whatever, or 5, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, the PSP uh, ports of Final Fantasy 1 and 2 were awesome. I, I would say yeah, I still haven't even played it. <laughs> yeah, I would say those were the two that those were the best ports of those games. Mm, the uh, that's fair, but yeah, those were like the. It was only years later for, uh, for Dragon Warrior, which is actually Dragon Quest, uh, right? But in America, they call it Dragon Warrior for some reason. And I think it was uh, legal things. Something, something about another like Dragon Quest thing that existed at the time. It's weird, actually. I like literally just saw a video on it. Uh, a couple weeks ago <laughs> fresh <laughs> that, in my mind that would actually make sense but the, yeah. the thing that blew my mind years later because obviously the the cover art for dragon warrior is just this kind of weird green dragon like a classic like 70s style um yeah. rpg art from like dungeons and yeah. dragons of a warrior and a yeah. dragon and but if you go to japan it's actually a, a kira toriyami the guy that yeah did, yeah did Dragon Ball he did he did. yeah and he he still does uh he still does the art for all the Dragon Quest series it's incredible. yeah I, th- I think they're on fourteen now or something yeah fourteen's the new one they haven't actually yeah. shown anything for it but the trailer looked dark as hell <laughs> yeah I'm excited well it's funny because I after I played a game called Dragon Warrior Monsters which was mm. like my favorite Game Boy game uh that's a sleeper hit nobody knows about those games but it's called dragon warrior monsters and it was basically dragon warrior but like pokemon style so interesting yeah you were a monster tamer and you would tame the dragon warrior monsters to fight for you uh so when you say dragon warrior was it was that still like the whole branding thing of the time so it was actually dragon quest yeah exactly it was still that's cool yeah it was the same property i don't think it was still like the two thousand something that they actually changed dragon quest yeah but that's that, still cool though yeah oh that was a fun game and like i i looked at the box art to that one because it had the actual japanese box art and i'm like hey this dragon looks like the dragon from dragon ball yeah like, like the one that like Go, goku would cut off its tail or whatever yeah like just the, not shenron but the the little throwaway dinosaur enemies uh, the yeah the di- yeah i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah and i'm like this looks like the dragon and then I did some research <laughs> on the old internet, and I'm like, yep. oh my god, Akira Toyami did all this art from Dragon Warrior Monsters, and all, like all the way back to the original. And I'm like, oh my god, it blew my mind. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like that's a mind blowing thing when you're younger. Because yeah. on the first one, like on the very first Dragon Quest, you don't really know because it's all pixel. They took his art and turned it into pixel, so you can't really see the original art. Yeah. In the game, but now that I've played, like, uh, there was a remake on the Switch of Dragon quest the original and yeah and the enemy sprites are just literally akira toriyami's drawings and i'm like ah this looks exactly like yeah <laughs> like there dragon it Ball. is <laughs> yeah no it's very cool it's funny too because it's dragon quest dragon ball i know right I, I think i think akira toriyami just likes dragons yeah he likes <laughs> dragons man <laughs> um are, are, are you are you excited for the new uh breath of the wild game 
Did you see the, yeah, the trailer yeah, for that? Yeah, yeah. So I've been, yeah, I've been watching intently and in, intensely uh, to kind of get myself hyped up. And it's funny because I've been like, okay, yeah, game's coming out this year. Then it got delayed. And I was like, okay, yeah, it got delayed. And then they showed a trailer. I was like, yeah, there's a little teaser. It's like, it's just another teaser. Like, it, um, but then on my little subathon that we just did on my, on my Twitch there, uh, my friend and I, when we did the speed race in Breath of the Wild, I was like, damn. I love this game. Yeah. <laughs> like starting it over uh just in a new file and like just playing around I was like, "Oh my god, this game is freaking amazing." And I forgot. And now I'm like, "Oh boy, now I'm excited." And it's it's going to be interesting cuz I'm going to be in school at the time. And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I, that's 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 when I'll let the the grades dip a little." <laughs> oh, oh, dude, I I'm excited for Breath of the Wild 2. I I really liked the first one, but the only problem yeah. I had with it was that I did. I did not like the lack of dungeons. The yeah, that's fair. That's the, very the fair. lack of the lack of classic like Zelda dungeons. I I just felt like that was something it needed. But like as far as the game goes for like open world exploration, it's awesome. There's yeah. Like I remember climbing the one little mountain, and I'm like, my natural gamer brain comes on. I'm like, there's probably nothing up here. It's just a dead zone. But no, yeah. there's like a Cyclops boss up there, and I'm like, oh yeah right on no and that was the thing like you just you go and explore and it's like i i spent the first half of the game i barely even went to like any of the dungeons because there's only four so i was like well i have all the time in the world like it's only four it's not a big deal and maybe maybe in hindsight that actually helped but uh i went and i i got every tower first yeah so i went i went to every little region just to go explore and after a certain point i was like okay this is kind of like taking many hours and i'm kind of getting like not fatigue, but I was like, okay, I, I need to clearly get a little bit stronger. So I went, um, I went to go do like the first one. And, and then I started sort of started the game and actually got things going. But I, over time I was like, okay, let's go to like these new areas and get to the towers. And just every time you would find something remarkable, something like, oh, wow. Like this is, it was a magical experience is what I'll say. I, I think like when you're a kid, it's it almost breath of the wild gave me what every game could have given me when i was a kid and i, I think that's yeah. a weird way of describing it but like that's the truth is like when you're a kid you don't really know much else you're like oh well i wonder what will happen go and play the game or you get stuck on a level for like a month you know <laughs> or you or you just never beat a game for years on end in this case it was like uh and it worked out for me because as you know i was working at hmv yeah. and uh and it had just closed uh, like about a week or two after Breath of the Wild came out, I didn't give a fuck. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I might be. I I knew by that time I was losing my job, but I knew way before then that the Switch was coming. So I was like, I don't give a damn. I was like, I am buying the Switch day one. I'm getting the game. I'm getting a case, and I'm like, I will be broke for a month. I don't care. I <laughs> I need this, and it was awesome because then that 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 month I lost my job. I just literally spent a month playing Breath of the Wild up until uh, so it came out March third, and my birthday's on April eighteenth. I beat that. I decided I was like, I'm going to play the shit out of this game, and I'm going to beat it on my birthday. So my birthday came around, and that's the day I finally beat it. So it took me about a month and a half, and it was great. That game lasted me a month and a half of just going to school, playing it when I had time, coming home, playing it when I got home. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just a, a magical experience, and uh, I, I loved every second of it. Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm really hoping I get that from the new one, basically. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And I did you find the nine hundred Korok seeds? <laughs> no. So I it's actually funny because when I went back and played it recently, I, I realized I was like, Yeah, I didn't actually do everything that I thought I did. Cause like there's still I'm still missing a bunch of shrines. Yeah. I'm still missing uh obviously a bunch of Korok seeds. Um so during the subathon I, I took like a couple hours, like, you know what? Let's go and explore the world because, like, I am just going to be here at my desk for the next however many hours. Let's just give it a shot. And I'm so glad that I did because in that time I found, like, two shrines. And, like, that was just me going, okay, here's an area that I've never been to for some reason. And it was, like, a beach at the bottom of the, the map. I was like, well, how have I never been to this beach? I go down to this beach and there's, like, oh, there's a lady who wants a picture of a guardian. And I'm like, oh, well, that's simple. So I go to a place that has some guardians. I take some pictures of guardians. I come back, find her. Bam, and I get this this uh, shrine, and I was just like, oh, like this is awesome. I was like, this is great. It was yeah. just, it was cool. I found something new. I got to that thing that was new. I finished it. I was like, okay, I accomplished something in this game. Like this is awesome. So I would like to like actually try and one hundred percent it oh, before yeah. the new game comes out. That's hard, but I would like to. Oh, it's it, yeah, it's excessive. Like the, like I said, the nine hundred Korok seeds. It's crazy, and but I I do love that game. Um, yeah, but do you know what my favorite Zelda game of all time is, though? And I get shit. For this uh, all, I get shit for this all the time. Uh, my guess is going to be Majora's Mask. No, that's a good one though. But okay. my my favorite is Wind Waker. Okay, no, yeah, I, I would like that. Love that. Who game who who, so who gives much. you shit for that? Who gives you shit for that? People love that game nowadays. Okay, so here's the thing: when it first came out. Yeah, uh, I I I got it because Zelda, because I love Zelda. Yeah, but I remember thinking because I had a Nintendo Power Sub at the time. But I remember thinking, yeah. this art style I'm not a big fan of. It was cartoony. nobody was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then I played it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the best game ever. Yeah, it's very good. It's very very good. It's, it's phenomenal. Sailing the seas, finding random towers. Um, yeah, like the the story is laid out, but it's like very. Like, there's enough side quests and weird shit going on that you can, you know, it's just a fun game. And it's, there's so many little things like collecting pigs and you can piss off the pigs and they'll attack you like the chickens, like the cuckoos, yeah. the cuckoos from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and, and, like, and sometimes and sometimes there was the one pig that farted. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I remember, like, yeah. the fat pig, you, you could pick him up, but... Only if you, you had needed the giant the power bracelet. bracelet. Power, yeah. yeah, power bracelet was called in that game. That's right. But it was like it, it was good, and it had like a solid combat system. It had like yeah, that, it did. It really did. Yeah, it had the flourish system, and also I will say this: the the ending scene where Ganondorf like you you beat it right. Yeah, yeah, I beat okay. it. Okay, I was like, spoiler alert. But yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler for, for anybody. But uh, yeah, at the end, like when you f- do that final flourish and you lunge the sword into his head, and then like yep. he he like it's... laughs while he turns to stone. I'm like, turns oh, to stone. Dude. It's I. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it, it's... it gives me chills every time. Yeah, no that that game. Yeah, that game is uh, that game is awesome. Personally, like I like most of the Zelda games. I'd say. Uh, I, my favorite for a long time was Twilight Princess. I really like that one. Yeah. But I've played it. I've played it. I Honestly, I'd say I've, I've probably beat that one the most. But it actually isn't my favorite. For me, I'd say my favorite is Majora's Mask. Yeah. And I've only beat that one once. But uh, I think there's something about the world that they, they created. And the fact that 
everybody is going through their sort of routines on the three-day cycle. Um, once I understood how that sort of worked and like I was playing through it and everything, yep. I realized I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I like this game a lot. And uh, yeah, even just the mechanic of like the time mechanic, uh, figuring out, oh, hey, there's like this character who does this on this day. You figure it out. You're like, okay, I'm going to need to bring this mask to them on whatever day at this time. The 3DS version, the 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 remake helped oh, a lot. So, so it really, yeah, it helped with organization. And to me, I think that's sort of what lifted it over the top for me. For like, okay, this is my favorite. But like, you know, I still have a, a huge soft spot for Ocarina of Time because like that is the one that I grew up playing. Yeah, uh, Wind Waker's just genuinely like one of the best games especially if you play the hd version on the wii u because then you have the quick sale and there was a lot of other stuff at the time that was really dope yeah um, yeah the quick sale is a real that's a real it's a quality of life lifesaver and and they fixed the the triforce hunt at the end of the game which was really dope so there's a lot of stuff like that that was really nice in the hd version um but like yeah, I think because I, they made in the in the 2010s they made all those remakes for like every single game, and it was like oh like they've made all these games so much better, and they were already like classics in their own right. It's crazy, and then the the awesome thing is you can still go back and play the original version. Oh yeah, I I want them to make a, I would like for them to make a remake for the Switch, like well, not even a remake, just a port. I'd like them to port all those Zelda games to the Switch. Right. I play the fuck out of that. I, no, I, I, I'm hoping that they do. It's kind of lame that the only thing I've done so far is the uh, is Skyward Sword. So here's hoping, yeah. you know? And Skyward Sword, personally, to me, is one of the weaker titles. Yeah. it's It, it had... Actually, what I would say is it it's this weird, like, balancing act that some of the games struggle with. It had the worst, I would say, pacing... Um, and, and even just like the structure of the game was really flawed. Yeah. Uh, however, it had the best story and had the best stakes. And it had, uh, and it had a toilet hand. Yeah. Toilet hand. Yeah. I like the toilet <laughs> hand. The, uh, yeah, yeah I, I have mad love for also, um, yeah. Like I said, the classics, like on the NES and, you know, like for me, like to the past, I, I, I respect Link to the Past. I struggle with NES uh, 1 and 2 because really those games, yeah, you know what? I'll just say those games, like, you need a strategy guide. Those are those are, yeah. those are are still of the time where it's like, if you didn't have a strategy guide, this I guess it's sort of like Breath of the Wild, except now we live in the so it's a little but, uh, you know, you were going to friends and like, okay, like, what did you find, you know? And like, oh, like, you did this and you found this? Oh, there's like a burning bush? I don't know. Yeah. Stuff like that. And th- I think that was the cool thing about Breath of the Wild is it brought back that magic that, like, you don't really get with a lot of games nowadays. The difference is, yeah, you could still go online and look stuff up. But at the time when Breath of the Wild came out at the very least, like, day one, nah, you couldn't look up shit. Like, there, you you could not look up shit. There was still stuff that people... And still, to this like to this day, people are still finding stuff in that game. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, and the speed runs are nuts, too. Yeah, yeah, all the glitches and stuff people are finding, it's awesome. I kind of wish I was more involved in that cuz when it was first starting up, I was like, "Oh, this is so cool." But I was I had already beaten the game. I was already like, "Yeah, I'm So, I I didn't really get into it, but I I wish I did. It's not too late, but at this time it kind of feels too late, you know. 
Yeah, maybe you'll do a speed run for the Breath of the Wild, the second one. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Te- Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that game looks awesome. I, no, I, it really I'm does. For that. So I, so I, I figured I'd uh, close it out today with. It, it's a question I like to, I, I like to ask kind of anybody who likes games or gaming, and that's most of my friends. Absolutely, most of my friends. But I know you're younger than my. Uh, a lot of my friends, but yeah, that's fine. So, so I think it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. But I always think it's interesting to ask people, um, what do you feel like, or how do you feel about, you know, gaming hitting the mainstream, and like compared to when you were in high school, we'll say again, I went to high school, you know, at a different time than you. But when I went to high yeah. school, typically. You know, it was very frowned upon to be a gamer, and right. You know, I I also went to school in a small town, so that made it worse. Yeah, but that like, doesn't I, help. But even when I was in the city, I know there's a lot of people. You know, I remember wearing to grade seven this uh, Charmeleon hat. I had a Charmeleon hat because he was one of my faves, and yeah. I got viciously bullied for, for wearing Jesus it. Jesus Christ! And, and it was the worst, dude. And like, and for gaming, people would call us losers for playing our Game Boys at recess and stuff. Yeah, and like, like people were vicious, dude. So, but I feel like we the, the world's had a weird correction, especially in the last since 2010. That like Pokemon and all this other stuff, gaming in general is kind of the mainstream, and people I don't feel like they're ostracized. And I kind of see both sides of the argument. There's people that are kind of hateful about it. Like, they're kind of like, you know, I got made fun of for wearing Pokemon. But yeah. now these, you know, chicks are shaking their ass in Pikachu underwear. Yeah, and the on, Pikachu undies, yeah. yeah on, on TikTok and getting millions of dollars, and they're not called losers. But, like, like, what do you think about that? Like, were you kind of, were you frowned upon for your interest in video games? Or were people, no, were people, were people I, so... not so vicious? So I grew up in the 2000s. Uh, my like, I I started kindergarten in, like 2004. So like, I I am pretty young. Um, right. At the time, I would say, for us, video games were very normal. Um, and people, when we were kids, at the very least, like nobody was ever like, you like this, like that's kind of stupid. You know, sometimes they would be, but it'd be with specific stuff. To be honest, like at recess, well. At this point in time, video games were banned at like schools, so like you couldn't bring your Game Boy or whatever. We would still bring it on the bus and play like Game Boy and play our DSs on the bus, but um, it it was very normal. It, at this point, it was actually already very normal for most kids to have it, and especially you can I guess you can definitely uh, thank the DS and the Wii for that because imagine 2004 the DS came out, but 2006 the DS Lite came out. So around the time I was in grade two, grade three, grade four, everybody was sort of just getting DSs. And it became a very normal thing because you had stuff like Cooking Mama and Mario Kart DS and uh, Picto Chat. And you had Wii Sports. Like everybody wanted these things. Um, And especially for us, then Pokemon Diamond was coming out. You didn't need all the and shit. So you could just do everything wirelessly. So I'll say like, I'm definitely fortunate because I grew up in a time where like yeah it it was already becoming normal yeah. by the time that like I was I was still a child. Doesn't mean that there were some people who like you know you you get the preps and like the sports kids who are like there's more to life than video games like okay have fun. and it's like whatever though. You guys 
those guys are just assholes in, in entirely. Like it does, it wouldn't make a difference if I was playing video games or if I liked to read. Like they probably would just be like that because they're a meathead, right? Yeah. But in terms of, uh, you were sort of saying there's people who kind of take that stuff to heart and go, "Oh my god, they were made fun well, of." Like, it, "Oh my god." For me, yeah. I would always just say some things are of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I right now we live in a time where video games are. Um, and I think instead of focusing on like, oh man, like it used to be so much worse, just be like, yo, thank God it ain't the same. Cause if, if, yeah. if, if it was 20 years later and we were, people were still like that, it would be fucking stupid. I, I think the video game industry would just be dead at that point, but that's the thing. It, it didn't die. Things caught on. People enjoy video games. It's, it's uh, an escape for a lot of people. And there's so many different types of video games that like. It's it's just a, sh- a celebrated thing. I think the only thing that's worried me about video games becoming a mainstream is the uh, mainstream. Sorry, is the commercialization of it? Is the the microtransactions the 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 not? I'm not saying esports is a bad thing, but uh, even the the commercialization of of esports and uh, you know the I'm sure you you heard when this happened of uh, the. I think it was Hearthstone tournament in in China, and somebody said like free Hong Kong, and then Blizzard right. like banned them and took away their money. Stuff like that. Uh, everything nowadays is become a money thing, which it once again goes back to what we were talking about the, the Mario movie. At the end of the day, these are businesses, and they are about their money. And I yeah. guess at that point, that's where, as a as as a gamer, <laughs> uh, as, as a as a person who enjoys video games. That's where I I look to indie games, and I look to to those games to sort of get that fulfillment of video games as an art. Form. Um, yeah. obviously, when we when we played games as kids, we weren't looking for it as an art. But the truth of the matter is, like, it's become more mainstream, and a lot of titles now don't have the same ambition that they had when we were younger. And to me, that I think I think the products that we're receiving in in the game sphere. <laughs> uh matter more than what is accepted and and that's the thing is like there i've still met people who are like and you know they're usually just old and they're like oh fucking video games but it's like well who (laughs) fucking cares like you're you're gonna be dead in a couple you know (laughs) but (laughs) but like but like in terms of people our age and even younger like it's it's a it's nothing but a good thing that it's becoming more of a a common thing and a, a, a it's literally the the uh highest grossing uh entertainment um, oh yeah it's huge like it's it's that's awesome um but i do i do hope like that's the thing i like about a game like breath of the wild even mario odyssey even if it's not put on the same league as breath of the wild like those games need to push boundaries and like uh you know listen to the fans and, and listen to uh the times at hand and make something brand new and make something like innovative. Um, That's that to me is like, what's most important with it becoming mainstream. Yeah. And you know, I think that's what Satoru Iwata said. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. He said like, like a video game at the end of the day has to be only one thing and that's fun. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly how I feel about it. Some people are so caught up in, you know, graphics and all that stuff that yeah that stuff's stupid that they forget that other people have different art forms they have different likes and tastes and like if it's fun it's fun that's all yeah you should worry about and as far as the the whole 
like I was saying about, you know, getting bullied and stuff for Pokemon stuff. My my only thing for that whole era was that it was funny when Pokemon Go became mainstream. Yeah. And uh, I saw the same people that were literally viciously bullying yeah. me in school uh, were making posts on Facebook saying, add me on Pokemon Go. I love this yeah. shit. I love this yeah. shit. So I got kind of vindic you know, vindictive about that. I'm like, oh, it's cool now, eh? But yeah. but deep down, my ultimate thing is like, I'm glad that my kids will grow up uh, yes. in, in a world where it's accepted. I'm not, you know, I, I call it the bitter boomer because there's the, yeah. it, it's just people that are bitter. Like, you know, they're just like, you know, my life was hell. Your life has to be hell. No, that's not yeah, true. That's, we're yeah, that's all, always what they think. Yeah, we're always getting better. And just because I got, yeah. you know, just because I got bullied for liking Pokemon middle school doesn't mean that you know my kid needs to do that like it's yeah. good that things are going you know not necessarily mainstream but it's good that they're getting accepted yeah that, i guess at that point too i can i can say just one last thing is i did however grow up in the time of brown games and when i what i mean by brown games it sounds kind of funny yeah. i'm talking like the days of of modern warfare and two where like every game wanted to be dark gritty brown and like ugly and like grown up and mature. That was the only shitty thing that I grew up in was that phase of like, oh yeah, oh if it's if it's not brown and set in Afghanistan, I don't want your fucking Mario game. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was my middle school experience. And yeah. like, and once and it was funny because once we got to high school and the Switch came out, uh, this was like my last year of high school at this point. Um, everybody had a Switch. Everybody and like everybody still to this day, everybody loves Smash. Everybody loves Mario Kart. You know what I mean? Um. You know, some people are just more diehard into that, uh, the colorful games than others. And that's me. I, I like the colorful games, I like the games that. Yeah. But, and I think, yeah. I think everybody, yeah, everybody has their own taste. And I think that's good. Yeah. And it's, I, I'll tell you this quick story before we leave, but it's, yeah. it's just, I, I've, I've told it on here before, but I just think it's funny. I think you'll get a kick out of it. But there was actually, I was a huge World of Warcraft player back in the day. Right. From like, yeah. from like Lodge till Wrath of Lich King. A little bit of cataclysm, but, but it, anyways, th there was this girl, again, I won't name her, but she was uh, a very popular girl in high school, <laughs> but <laughs> she would come to me, who was one of the losers, for World of Warcraft advice. That's awesome. After school, because she was too embarrassed to let her friends know that, okay. she's, that she's addicted to playing this game. And yeah. she, I just remember she came up to me and I'm like, why is this person talking to me? And then she's like, you play World of Warcraft, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? <laughs> and then she's like, okay, I'm addicted, and I need to know what 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 spec should I go with my warlock? And I'm like, is this real? <laughs> That's funny as hell. So it was, uh, but she said like, yeah, we got to keep this low key. And I, I mean, I, I'm a nice guy. I'm not gonna, you know, rat yeah. her out hey, her friends. <laughs> but, but I, I just feel, you know, I almost feel felt sad for her that she couldn't. Be herself around her friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, she she had to hide that part of herself. Yeah, and I don't. I yeah. just, I never believed in that. I always I was exactly who I was. I'm just Same. like whatever. I like wow. I'm gonna tell people I play it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Sonic. I'm a Sonic fanboy for life. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sonic's a great series. Yeah, it's it's fun. I have fun <laughs> with it, and I enjoy the blue bastard. Fuck yeah! Even if the game sucks sometimes. Even Knuckles Chaotix. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. <laughs> nothing but the nux yeah that's awesome 
Well, it was great having you on today, man. Dude, thank you very much for inviting me. This was really cool. It was nice to chat about everything from the music to the the art to the games and everything, man. It's fucking oh, awesome. Oh yeah, man. It, it, it always it's it's always nice to talk to like a fellow gamer and people i just basically i want to talk to people who are passionate about what they do and i feel like you're one of the guys that i know that's just like i could tell by the way you post and on your stream yeah. and stuff like you just did a 38 hour stream yeah no so it 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 i had to restart at 38 hours because my computer crashed we actually went for the full 48 okay did you did you sleep yeah i slept i slept Okay. I slept for I want to say I want to say like six hours. <laughs> I slept for six hours, but you know we we did it. I felt like a crackhead the next day. <laughs> so how long was the stream altogether then? It was altogether it was forty eight, forty eight and a half because was... I I stayed an extra thirty minutes because I just was having a lot of fun. That's awesome, dude. So what did you do while you slept though? Did it, uh, somebody so else? I no, and I was thinking about having somebody else uh, run it, but it was so early in the morning. I was like would so i uh i basically just made a playlist of all my old videos on youtube yeah. which by the way people listening dana the artist on all the socials that's including youtube that's including twitch um <laughs> and uh, I, I yeah i i played all of my videos starting from like my first highlight stream stream highlight basically and then i just played that out for like a good amount of hours went to bed woke up at like I don't know, 10 in the morning. I, I think I had been, yeah, I think I went, I stayed up until like two or three or something like that. Went to bed, woke up at, yeah, I want to say like eight. And I was like, oh, I need more sleep. <laughs> I did not want to get up. <laughs> yeah. We, we went back at it and then, yeah, we kept the stream going, got more subs. It was fucking awesome. But yeah, um, just played my old videos until I woke up. It was great. Dude, that's, yeah, that's, that's epic. Well, yeah, it worked out really well. It, it was great to have you on, man. I love you, brother. And yeah, just yeah, let, let, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Dano the Artist. That's on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's branding everywhere. Um, big shout out. Your your uh, username is Code Man, right? Code Code Manliness. Yeah, it's actually like that. The, on Twitch. I actually switched it to Not Rich Just Bored. It's that's, oh, okay, okay. So that's the branding now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My branding is all under Not Rich Just Bored. Well, now. Well, thank you, Not Rich Just Bored, because just a little bit of Dano lore here. Uh, literally, you partially are the reason why I started streaming, bro. Really? I, I just want to tell this story right before we end. Okay. All right. Yeah, I want to hear All this. Right. Well, I just remember it was it was 3 a.m. on one random night, and I was perusing Facebook Marketplace. And when I see a... Logitech 1080p webcam on sale for like $20 or whatever the fuck. It was super cheap. And I was like, no fucking way. And I'm like, okay, it's 3 a.m. No way this guy's going to get back to me. So I messaged you. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm really trying to like get into streaming or whatever the fuck I said. I would yeah. like really appreciate this webcam. And you're like, oh, dude, this is the funniest thing because this was 3 a.m. You, you messaged me at like, like the next day at noon and you're like, Good thing that you messaged when you did because like 40 other people, or maybe this was when I went to come pick it up. You were like 40 other people messaged me about that webcam. Oh, and I was so just big. like, holy shit. I got that webcam, got it all set up. And from that point, I was like, I guess I'm ready to stream. And that like, that was crucial because as soon as I had my webcam set up and like, I felt comfortable with everything, I was like, I guess I'm going to try like streaming now, like a, like a streamer does. 
And yeah, I I have to say thank you because uh, even though you know it was just you selling me it, it was still like if that hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't have bit the bullet and got it done. So now look where I am, uh, over a thousand followers, and we're we're still pushing. Yeah, dude, you're doing so great, and I I gotta say I support you, and that's why I wanted to have you on too because I I knew you're gonna do well because I I had I had met you obviously when you were working in the mall. Yeah, and uh, and like you're just a really nice guy. It's when you had your Thank big you. ass fro. Yeah, it's still a part of the branding too. I don't, I don't usually keep it that long anymore, but it's still, it's still part of the branding. The afro. <laughs> yeah, it's purple now, hey. Yeah, the hair's purple. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Love it. But yeah, no, yeah. that that, that nine twenty. If you ever, my, I guess I do have my original YouTube channel, which is Code Manliness, and it, yeah, that's where I recorded. I a lot of those old YouTube horror game plays and stuff that's all vintage those are like 10 years yeah. old some of them and most the of those classics yeah a lot of those were recorded on that c920 so the legacy lives on yes it does brother yes it does yeah well i once again have to say thank you for having me on and uh to anybody watching this i hope you have a good day yes thanks guys for watching we'll see you in the next one okay bye-bye